0: Coming up after me, as is the case every weekday morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC, is the great Brian Kilmeade. His show here is terrific, of course, also helps with Fox & Friends, one of the three hosts, every morning on Fox News, and his own show, which I've guested on many times and I love, every Saturday night, 8 p.m. Fox News, One Nation which I'm waiting for invite back. It's been out a couple of weeks. That's fine. Here he is, my good friend Brian Kilmead on a Wednesday morning. Good morning, Brian. Uh, what's going on, Sid? Well, there's a lot going on, obviously, Brian. And the, the biggest story here is the Gilgo Park murder. Allegedly, they've got him. He's the guy. And they arrest him in Massapequa Park. Now, I've never been to your home. You've never invited me, to be quite frank. But uh, people tell me that you live very, very close to where Rex Yorman lived all these years. How close are you yeah, to a his house? mile away. One yeah, mile. a
1: mile away. It's unbelievable. And uh, this guy in a dilapidated home, yet yeah, he's an architect. I think it's going to get into double figures when they start tracking it back. The fact between they pull out 200 through 300 guns, uh, unbelievable, and a grenade— Meanwhile, he evidently strangled all these women, not even using a weapon. A couple of weeks ago, I don't know if you've been there, this Brady Park on Long Island, some girl came out and said that she was jogging and this guy was harassing her. And when she saw the paper, she says, this is the same guy. So this guy was about to hit again, which I heard they were tracking him for weeks just to see where he's going to go, if he's going to lead him to more evidence. How'd they let him go in the woods, in a park? I mean, he could have grabbed this other girl. The guy's a monster. He's six six. They say he's at two seventy. You know, you should see the video. You see him surrounded by, I think, two dozen FBI agents on his arrest, and he's on suicide watch. First question: Is it in? The, is this going to be covered in the
0: news? So how, how deranged is he? Yeah. Well, that girl actually that you're talking about ended up calling 911. And just to further the point about how he was ready to act again, I had heard they did not want to arrest him at his office last week. But like you said, they were nervous he was going to do it again. He actually went back to the phone store to get more minutes on his burner phone. And, you know, he had seven burner phones at one point, which is for every one of his victims. So not just lurking in the park, but getting minutes on his phone and doing the same behavior he had been doing when these other girls went missing 12 and 13 years ago. So you're right. It seemed like he was ready to do it again. They jumped on this guy and uh, got it done. But there's a lot of issues about Suffolk and Nassau County. Why Why the Suffolk County uh, the county did not get the FBI involved till 12 years later? I've got Curtis Lee on this show telling me that some of the officials were involved in a prostitution ring, which by the way, you know, the police commissioner and the DA in Suffolk County ended up in prison. So there's going to be a lot of ugly stories around this story to go tell you why it took 12 or 13 years. It wasn't that all of a sudden Ray Kearney and Rodney Harrison had an epiphany. It was more like for years and years, they let this thing lie. Why was that the case? Well, they, they talked about a lack of coordination.
1: The fact is, one of these pimps came out and said, this guy's got an avalanche. He's a huge ogre. He looks crazy. And he says uh, they came out and they, there was no no follow-up. But also been tipped off that people have said that there was no cooperation at one point between NASA Suffolk and State and the FBI. They all were at each other's throats. And when the new commissioner came in, Rodney Harrison, he said, no, let's just start fresh. And Tierney said, let's just start fresh with this. So uh, I always trust Curtis Sleeway. He's going to get to the bottom of it. He he has all these people on his speed dial. But we'll see where it goes. I just – I wanted to – I mean, I cannot believe two weeks later we're still stuck at three. I think this is going to get beyond oh, yeah. even the Gilgo yeah. guy. So, so do
0: I. Uh, I mean, to no be that about it. Right. They're looking for four, but uh, there may be as many as 12 to 18 bodies missing. And what's odd is, you know, these, uh, these serial killers. You got Shulman. You got Joel Rifkin. You've got this guy now. And what do they all have in common? They all live in Nassau County, but they commit the murders and dump the bodies in Suffolk County. How about that?
1: It's weird. And the thing is, in Massapequa, you go to Bay. You know, if you want to go to a general beach, state beach, you go to uh, Jones Beach. No, like, you, you don't really go to Gilgo, unless you're up to no good. I mean, I'm not saying that everybody goes to Gilgo is no good. There's an outdoor bar there and people like that, especially boaters. But if you are in a car, well, almost everyone in Massapequa, you choose to go to Bay, It's you know, the town of Oyster Bay Beach in Suffolk County. I mean, that's where you go. So go to Gilgo, you you're you hiding something. And this guy, I just can't believe, you know, think about his kids, one of which, according to a neighbor I talked to yesterday on television, has special needs. Yeah. So, and then the wife, where is she? And then there's a second wife, whatever the first. I I don't know. Maybe yeah. there's a good explanation what happened to first, uh, but they say it's his second wife. And then what about the other kid? You know, so you those lives are, are ruined, and oh, they're yeah. going to have to evacuate. So this is, you know, the, you know, for the longest time, Massapeak was known as the Baldwins and Seinfeld and Waldingers <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> right. through all three brothers playing the NFL at the same time, made history. Um, and now all of a sudden
0: they're going to be known soon for Buttafuoco and, and this serial killer. That's true, you're right, how uh, Alec Baldwin must be very jealous this morning. Oh, to wrap this thing up, you know, the wife has maintained she knew nothing about this, and and yet this guy may have had as many as 300 guns. I know Rodney Harrison told you 200 a couple of days ago, now they're saying 300 guns in a safe downstairs, so the public is uh, doesn't believe that she had no idea what was going on when her husband was stockpiling that much firepower. I disagree, I think you can hide that stuff from the wife, really any time you... You want but it does seem a bit suspicious no
1: yeah I mean my goodness uh, I there's, there's so much bizarre about this guy I know people that sat next to him in homeroom in junior high school he was weird then but not many people say well probably possible serial killer meanwhile he lives in a one clue would be the house is a wreck and he's an architect I mean if you're a successful architect going to Manhattan every single week you can't you can't afford a bucket of paint you, you, know, you can't put up a, you can't put up a, a piling. You can't fix a garage. I mean, how does that make any sense? You between the border, you could get people over there in two seconds. Hey, I'll design your house for free. Come over and build up my house. Put a second floor on. I mean, that's what they do all the time in that business. So, you just know this thing's going to grow. And I feel bad for the people in the neighborhood. Because they can't even walk out their front door. There's dozens of police crews for this guy, uh, for this gentleman to do an interview with me yesterday. He had to sneak out the back of his house. Right. He said, "It's uh, I had to wait for the sundown. I have to move my dentist appointment tonight so people don't <laughs> oh, see me leaving, so I don't have to do an interview." So they've totally made it this like the Amityville Horror House. And as you uh, as you know. That is one town away from this,
0: from yep, Massapega. Yep, that's right. Brian Kilmeade on After meet 10 o'clock every morning here at WABC, Fox and Friends, and his own show, One Nation, 8 p.m. Fox News on Saturday night. So my friend and yours, really my friend, Donald J. Trump, about to be indicted for a third time, arrested for a third time. This one is January 6th. We knew they were all coming. We're waiting for Georgia as well. He continues to say the same thing. I'm a target. It's a witch hunt. These are. This is a Democrat's basically getting involved in election interference. He's not backing down. And for the most part, outside of one state, his lead continues to look like it's insurmountable. Here it comes. Trump indicted again.
1: Your thoughts? Uh, well, he made $10 million off the Alvin Bragg indictment, $6 million off Jack Smith's first one, and we'll see what he makes off this one. Overall, the bigger story I thought was Florida— they're trying to delay their trial to after 2024 in front of Eileen Cannon, who Trump appointed. And initially, reports from the Wall Street Journal reporter in the courtroom said that they seem to be siding with the defense, saying, "You've got to give me so many documents. We don't even have security clearance. I can't even look at them." So Jack Smith says, "Let's just make it December," and the defense says, "No, we we can't make it December. We we don't we can't do it. We're not going to be ready." So we have another court case, too, in February, Alvin Bragg. So let's see if it gets close to the election. I think you got to punt it. But if they are going to try to do this next year, Trump turns around and says, hey, what about New Hampshire? What about Iowa? And then the question is, should the judge care about that? And I think that election interference does matter. I mean, uh, you know, interfering on the front runner or the nominee would matter if this guy goes and gets the nomination, so that's going to be key, and the other the other story here in January 6th, as Ari Fleischer said yesterday, I thought brilliantly. He said, "Okay, he was upset with the election. He did not believe uh, he lost." So please, arrest. Um Hakeem Jeffries, because she said Stacey Abrams really won Georgia and, and Brian Kemp's illegitimate. We had to arrest Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton's also says that if Donald Trump knows he's illegitimate. The Russians put him there. And I've, I've, all those objections that stood up when Joe Biden was vice president had to be gaveled down. Everybody had to, call, he had to gavel down and just end it when they had the ceremonial, uh, get, you know, officially making the electoral victory for Donald Trump. So everyone was screaming then. So arrest them. So if it is just that you don't like what Trump did and how he acted, but now you're have to you going to have to say that Trump scripted January 6th? Really? Does anyone believe he scripted January 6th?
0: No, no rational person believes that. But the Democrats have convinced themselves that's the case. And talking about Biden, the IRS whistleblowers, as you guys have been promoting for days here, Brian, they're about to hit the uh, Capitol Hill today. The committee about to talk to those folks. And. What are your thoughts? I keep asking everybody the same thing, whether it's Comer or Nancy Mace or Jim Jordan. Do you think eventually these folks are going to get Joe Biden? Or do you think, as has been the case with most of these Democrats, a lot of smoke, a lot of fire, but nobody gets burnt?
1: I think it's getting closer and closer to real. And I kind of laugh when people say, well, show me the crime. Excuse me. This is an investigation where he's not saying that he's got a conviction yet. But would you rather him just keep his mouth shut and say, I'll see you in six months? He's saying, this is what we found out. Here are the bank records. We don't have answers. Here are the whistleblowers. They're coming forward uh, next week. Devin Archer, a business partner, will come forward next week. So they're telling you what's going on. And then we have people just say, well, where's the crime? Excuse me. Let the thing play out. Where's the crime? We are seeing a whistleblower. The second whistleblower, a Democrat, happens to be gay, came forward and backs Gary Shapley right away. And he says he's going to be testifying about that behind closed doors because he wants his identity kept secret. And then Devin Archer knows everything that's been going on, knows about the big guy as much as Tony Bobulinski knows about all this stuff. So he's going to be coming forward next week. Is he going to take the fifth or is he going to jail looking to do less jail time? He is going to jail. I'm not sure exactly what he did. um, Something about embezzlement. But he could honestly say, yeah, of course, we knew that Joe Biden was getting money. And then it's case it's case closed. You're going to see Devin Archer just says, and here it is. And I, I just think that just watch this. It's not that complicated. A guy set up a bunch of shell companies to take money from other countries, and the only service they gave was Joe Biden's access to policy and people. That's the only that's the only asset the Bidens have. That's not complicated. So for undecideds and independents and moderates listening right now. Don't get
0: caught up. This is not hard like white water and what is a land deal in <laughs> Arkansas and what, this is easy. It really is. All right, 60 seconds to go. You're a great, great host with the politics and the news, but you're also a terrific sports guy. And uh, the Giants are one day removed from not giving Saquon Barkley a long-term deal. Now, I think he shows up week one against Dallas. I think he sits out all of training camp, doesn't play exhibition, but he's not going to forego $10 million. So I think week one he shows up against Dallas, but he certainly, it's a sour taste in his mouth about New York. The Giants and the football organization, do you think the Giants did the right thing or blew an opportunity?
1: Well, look, the, the, it's not the, the Giants being cheap. It's, it's where the money's going to be spent. You got this cap. So anyone who says the Giants don't want to spend money, that's it's not the Cincinnati Bengals. We know that. So the Giants want to spend money. They value the guy as a leader. But in this, in this league, running backs don't have the value they used to. I still remember when Joe Morris held out. And the whole city city was on Pinson Hill. How could you play without the number one running back in the league? And he came back, and he he missed training camp, and he got hurt. They all get hurt when they come back. So I think Saquon, for $10 million, I guess will play. But it's amazing to me how close they came to getting this deal done. And he held out. I mean, come on. This is about a million, between $1 and $2 million, and some guaranteed money not. To me, there's an obvious compromise there. I don't. I don't know why it's worth it to hold out like this, because this is the story. Every big name running back is still looking for a contract, because with this pass-oriented NFL that the NFL legislated in, uh, into into the um, you know into action, that running backs are not as valuable as they were when we were growing up. Remember, we always knew who had the rushing title, who had the all-time mark. You know, OJ Simpson goes to be Jim Brown, and then Jim Brown, um, and and Jim Brown, did it in 12 games. We used to have a debate about that. Does anyone
0: even know who the rushing leader is every year now? No. Listen, I got Walter Payton. I got guys who are getting 1,000 yards rushing and receiving, guys like Marshall Falk and Roger Craig. Those days are over. You're right. Running backs uh, seemingly a dime a dozen these days. And the reason why I went there is because baseball season, which we should be talking about as we are near August, is just about over in New York with the Mets 18 back and the Yankees losing every night. Listen, you're great. Uh, Who's on One Nation coming up on Saturday night? Uh we.
1: uh that's going to be very interesting because we're still we're still looking at uh, a bunch of guests uh, for Saturday, but we are going to look to have uh, Chris Rufo, who has the scandal which is uh, happening in our schools. Uh, that'll be for sure. We also are trying to get Jim Kaviesel is going to be on the radio today. We're trying to get him for Saturday, and uh, we're oh, he's going in the new movie, the right? He's in Sound of Freedom. yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. then we have also. Ah, uh, the producer from, uh, producer from the brand new movie Oppenheimer. Yes, so we're yeah. looking to get get him yeah. out there. Yeah. And we're still looking at Tim Scott and maybe Ron DeSantis joining
0: us. So we're still putting it all together. Those are the last two movies. Barbie, which is awful, although I love Margot Robbie, and Oppenheimer you're going to see for a long time because this actor's strike, and I've had Chaz Palminteri on the show, Fran Drescher, is actually in Gravesend with me. They don't seem to be budging. So Oppenheimer and Barbie, last two movies, for a long time. My movie is coming out August 11th, but we had to cancel the red carpet premiere and cannot promote it anywhere, which is really disappointing. But anyway, uh, you're great. Thank you for hopping on this morning. As always, Brian Kilmeade will do it again next week. Go get him, Sid. Stay within yourself. All right. Brian Kilmeade, after me every morning at 10 o'clock here on 77 WABC. And, of course, Fox and Friends every morning on Fox News and his own terrific show, 8 p.m. on Saturday nights on Fox News, One Nation. Huge guest list about to come your way on this Wednesday morning. Keep it right here with me, Sid. Sid and Friends in the morning.